Hi everyone and welcome to the Friday, December 20th installment of the Silicon Insider. The only truly honest and uncensored look at life and business in the Valley. This is our last podcast for the year. We're at our 1949 card table with our new blue snowball microphones. Actually, we don't and ready to go. My name is Mike Malone and I've been covering the Valley longer than anybody. I'm here with my co-host Scott Budman. He's now dressed in uniform again legendary tech reporter for NBC Bay Area. We're recording this at the studio of PRX Tech Inc. in San Jose. Thank you, Brenna Bulger, and our producer is Tad Malone. Now, let's get started. Okay, big stories of the week. Well, you know, I think we have looked at the individual companies for a long time, and that's still the bulk of this show, but I think you have to look at the overall market. Tech stocks are leading the entire market and the entire economy. Unbelievable. Yeah, and they're unstoppable. And it's interesting, we've had so many headwinds. I mean, impeachment, trade war, Boeing, all the, you know, a Dow component that's been getting killed. And yet you look at Apple, you look at Netflix, you look at Tesla, you look at uh, Facebook. Setting all-time highs. Yeah, setting all-time highs and just driving the market much higher. And the Dow and the S&P 500 are now at records too. Firmly at record highs. Firmly at records. Unbelievable. Now here's, I, I keep reading all this and I keep thinking, this can't go on forever. No. And, and people are now beginning to say that the 2010s are now the most prosperous era in American history. Now, does it feel like? Well, remember, we're talking about the stock market and, and prosperity. I understand, but it's still but a small unemployment amount. Unemployment is at record lows. That's true. That's true. You know, employment is at record highs. I mean, on paper, statistically, empirically, we've never had it so good. Right now, maybe I'm just getting old and I'm still feeling aftershocks from 2000 and 2008 and all that. And I'm wary, but you know, this is incredible. Well, I think the wariness comes in handy because remember every time there is a 2000 or a 2008, the people that get hurt the worst are the people that either don't remember it or ignore it and say, well, no, I'm going to put all my money in this or, you know, my pension and you know, whatever. Uh, And, and wariness is good during the other hand, if you're too wary, true. You stay out of markets like this, which you should have joined, you know, in 2012, 2013, just as the, right. as the thing bottomed out and came back. You would have made a lot of money the last few years. That's true. If you're not in we the market, can't. if you're... We I'm going to say, that's me. I'm on we, the, the person We don't, we don't get wary. to do it. But yeah, it's like... And now I, I, I fear that there's a lot of people out there who are... They do this every time, which is... The train's pulling out of the station, and I didn't make a killing this time. I'm, I'm missing my opportunity. Now's the time to go in the market. That's true, although we've said that for and a that's few terrible. years now. Yeah, but people get get their heads cut off when that right. happens. It's true, and and I don't know. It, to me, the story of the economy is that it now slips, because we're in an election year, into the political. And, you know, I, I was watching the Democratic debate last night, and all I could think of when they were talking about individual issues, important issues, right. But individual issues was how do you beat a president, even an impeached president, you can't. when the stock market's this high? That's just so tough to do. Though apparently he's not even impeached yet. Well, that's true. Until that's the until the, the articles get turned over to the Senate, right? As it's if not this even real. Be any more this is like or weird kabuki theater going <laughs> yes. on. Oh, by the way, coming in this morning, it was announced that uh, Facebook had two hundred and seventy-six million users' data hacked. And is this, this a, wasn't. Is this the, a new high? Yeah, 276 million is a high number, and this wasn't the Facebook data that was lost because something was found in a car. Right. This was found in a 
in a, I don't know, on a server, on the dark web. Right. Uh, this is Apparently dangerous. with phone numbers, too. Right. And, and you know, it's almost what they say, bad things, or nothing good happens at 2 a.m. <laughs> nothing good happens on the dark web, really. No. So no. if your data is there, that's not a good place for it to be sitting. Um, and Facebook always finds a way. Yeah, but your comment this before we started this was perfect. Do we all have any more data left to lose? I mean, I, I think we just sort of accepting this now because... You know, it's like a force of nature. It's like winter comes, you know? Well, I remember what Scott McNeely said years and years ago. Hey, give it up. You have no more privacy. Right. And we sort of fooled ourselves while posting everything from Facebook to Instagram to TikTok that, oh, no, no one's yeah. going to see this. Uh, or we want people to see this, but they won't somehow collect it. It's all out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's never going to get better. They're never going to be... The, 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 the hacking talent out there is so great it's going to get around every obstacle that's put before it. And honestly, how seriously can we come down on hackers when Facebook itself, and we'll come back to this, is admitting, sure, you can put false information on right. and we'll spread it around the web and the world for you. How can you trust that messenger to do anything with your yeah, data? Other Facebook than is looking pretty hypocritical these days because that's another one of our stories for the week, which is... Um, Oh, the influencers. They're now, they're, yeah, they're now uh, banning influencers from vaping tobacco products. Vaping tobacco products and guns. So yeah, this you can is... be truthful about vaping, but you can lie if you're running for office. And right. you'll, you'll get in trouble. And you won't get in trouble for the second, and you'll get tossed for the first. This is the paradox that is Facebook. Yes, They indeed. say, all right, and they already said they wouldn't take advertising for this stuff, but now they're saying, hey, the influencers can't do these, I don't know, call them sinful things, right? Tobacco, guns, vaping. Um, and all right, that's some virtue signaling. Good for them, after all. It has a young audience, and these young audiences are influenced. That's yeah. why they call them influencers. But It's also the nanny state. <laughs> I was going to say, is it a slippery slope where... Uh, influencers will no longer be able to, I don't know, drink soft drinks. Right, or, right. We decided yeah. we decided what's bad for you, and now we're not going to let you talk about it. Right. Yeah. No. In many ways, Facebook is becoming the embodiment. There's they're the synecdoche of our time. You know, people are going to look back and they just study Facebook. They'll understand oh, yeah. us. Yeah, it's crazy. Meanwhile, Google fires an activist. I thought they were wide open to these things. I thought you were allowed to participate in parades against against your own employer. This really switched uh, in a quick way. I remember covering the very last shareholder meeting they had, uh, not even a year ago, and people, Google employees, joined the protests and said, yeah, they're not as good on uh, pay equity, they're not as right. good on um, gender equity and, and all these things. And Sundar Pichai was like, hey, Cool. You yeah. can do this. You have the freedom to do this. And I thought, that's pretty unusual for a yes, big company. Yes, it was. Protests, but it came down to the core. Now we know what matters, which is you can protest all you want about your salary and Benny's and, you know, if the company's sufficiently woke. But damn it, if you try to organize with a union, right. you're gone. I mean, this is like 1910. It hasn't really changed. That part hasn't changed. They're going to get you out of there before you... You managed to call for a, a union vote or something like that. You're, you know, you're and that gonna, is what this woman was doing. She was, yeah. uh, I, I don't know if you could say advocating for a union, but she was posting information right. about that that people would see. And she did it in kind of a sneaky way, but it was information that was useful to people. Yeah, I thought, Google I thought fires they were in her. the information business. Yeah, and, and you know, tech for years, heck, decades, 
really wasn't interested in unions, and unions weren't no, interested never in were. tech. The Valley's never been unionized, right. except and, for at the maintenance level. Right. And now uh, I think it's going to be a big issue, not only because tech workers and tech journalists are starting to unionize, but with, um, was it AB5, we're starting to see some of these workers part-time either made full-time or in the case oh, of yes. Vox Media, laid off. Well, let's get into that one now because yeah. this is something we talked about, what, four months ago, which was the first announcement of this bill that was going to essentially kill the gig economy in California. And you know what? It was, it was aimed at Goober and Lyft. We know that. With a Southern California uh, Assemblyman, State Senator, and everyone said, "Wait a minute! This is going to hit everybody. It's going to it's right. going to hit innocent bystanders in the crossfire." And now it has. You know, Vox has laid off hundreds of freelancers in California. Other companies are doing the same thing. The bill basically says you can't do what thirty five jobs, more than thirty five jobs a year for a single contractor or they have to hire you full time. So, all these people who had created the life they wanted for the most part, freelancing, now get laid off, hundreds of them, and the company hires 12 full-time writers. Now, is is that's, that equitable? Well, that's I mean, a lot of bodies on the street. It was a lot of bodies on the street, and it's I think it's retrograde to the, the direction of history. We're moving towards a gig economy. Yeah, we've often talked about how did we do anything without the gig economy before, as far as Lyft, as far as Uber, as yeah. far as food deliveries. And uh, what what the media companies are doing feels a little bit uh, preemptive. Remember, Uber and Lyft are already preparing. They've got their lawyers saying, we're going to find an end around right. to this law. Um, but to preempt it by saying, okay, we're just going to fire the, the freelancers is uh, brutal. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of, of unionization, this might be a case where you get people that work in the gig economy because they have no voice. They're just right. individuals out there. They have no constituency. They have no money to get them together in some sort of organization, at least to advocate for their rights. It's true. Uh, and there was a press conference a few months back by some Uber and Lyft drivers who said, we want to stay part-time. We want yeah. to stay part of this gig economy because we have kids or we have other jobs or, you know, whatever it is. Exactly. We want to work when we want to work and we will give Wasn't up. that the idea of the 21st century? Wasn't it's, that the dream? Yes. And it's turned into, for some, a nightmare, but for others, a convenience, a way to get money without being full-time, without right. being beholden and to And those are the people schedule. that are going to get hurt. Yes, Absolutely. Okay, uh, vaping. We'll go back to vaping just for a moment. Um, so the school districts around the Bay Area filed suit against Juul. Yeah, there were several school districts. I Remember believe. when Juul was hot? It was like, oh. this they're bringing technology to smoking. This right. is cool. Well, and the whole idea was, remember, to take smokers, cigarette smokers, and yeah. give them a way out, sort of a gradual way out. And, the and apparently it, it works. There's some some, people. some adults that say yes, they've they've used uh, whether Juul or other vaping products to right. get off cigarettes, and then eventually, I guess, you want to get off vaping too. We know now that that's bad for you as well. Right. The surprise to me is yeah, apparently with, has more nicotine. They just that study just found more nicotine are identical to a Marlboro. Right, and it's very, very addictive, so good luck getting off yeah. the vaping. And the surprise to me is... But you're is, not getting all the other crap. That's the right. thing. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, I know you had high schoolers not that long ago. I've, I've got them. And in the high schools now, uh, smoking cigarettes is not at all cool. 
Very interesting. Yes. When I was in high I school, it was it. just sort of the edge of, oh, only rebels smoke cigarettes. It's not that cool. Now, empty. Uh, and, and I'm talking public high schools, too. Oh, Nobody's yeah. smoking cigarettes. Well, I'm older than you. When I was in high school, it was badass to smoke. <laughs> well, yeah. But I'm saying now it's changed. But within a, maybe two years of the public high school that uh, my kids go to being smoke-free, it's yeah. now vaping central. Ugh. And so all of a sudden, these kids who were growing up thinking smoking is not cool, I'm not going to get girls, I'm not going to be seen as sexy, I'm not going to be cool, all of right. a sudden now they're vaping like crazy to the point where these schools are actually filing suits saying you're damaging our kids because you're pumping them full of nicotine. And whoa, what a change in a very short time. You know, I think it's also a visual problem. Yeah. You see people vaping. They produce massive amounts of steam coming out there, That's of true. vapor, especially on a cold morning outside. I saw a guy standing on the sidewalk, some older guy, and he was vaping, and he was like in a cloud. It was, so it, it almost is troubling. It's like we, we, we've been trained to, to dislike people with smoke around them, and now there's this sort of thing like that, but it's even bigger. Yeah, and it's so new still when I say, is vaping cool, or is it just what sort of... Is, yeah. is going on and they're not even sure if it counts as cool so it smells bad and you know boys are going into the boys room to do it and you know it's not like we have a smoking section like you know back in the day uh so it's still kind of new but boy is it caught on super quickly frighteningly quickly and we have no idea 40 years down the road what right. the long-term health implications no are. but we know even in the short term we've got some kids in hospitals we've had yeah but deaths. they're buying they're buying well, that right. junk flavoring but it's out there yes it's out there yeah yeah of course well, we'll see. Um, okay. Amazon. Uh, they're going to do 3.5 billion customer packages this holiday season. That's unbelievable. It really is. Except I look at my house, you know, and there's, there's an Amazon right, there's box or two every day. Actually, I should say the same thing. We're part of that 3.5 billion packages. Oh, yeah. But we were talking earlier about the uh, just the percentages, how... The percentages of people going to a store are down, even right. in a very strong economy where people are spending more money. So where is that money going? It's going to online shopping, and Amazon has the lion's share of that online shopping. Right. And uh, boy, are they just an efficient network top to bottom. So how did FedEx manage to screw this up? You know, Amazon has now banned FedEx, for their, their clients, from using FedEx ground service for... Uh, Amazon Plus stuff. Yeah, I was going to talk about this a little later. It still uses UPS, but FedEx fell out of favor, and yeah. I'm sure it's because of some deal that they couldn't figure out. And this is on well, a massive level. Well, and they were, and Amazon was claiming they were, or some outside outfit was looking at all this and said the quality of their delivery service had fallen X percent right. over the last six months. And I guess FedEx this morning came out and disputed all of that. I mean, this is a mess. It's a mess for FedEx. Amazon has been moving towards its own delivery services. Oh, we've yeah. seen not only the trucks, you know, it hires people to do it. It's We've seen Amazon planes. We're talking right. about Amazon drones. Yeah, I mean, Amazon's, Amazon, is, from the beginning, was going to cut out these middlemen. Yeah. And now it's happening. It really is. UPS, we know, uh, they're a gigantic, uh, you know, company as well as the United Postal Service. But right. They've had issues uh, you know, the post office, when you say, I'm going to the post office, people are like, what? And then you're going to churn butter? I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's, an, it's almost seen as outdated and antiquated. Right, going, for the, going for the wanted posters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything is Amazon. And yeah. they've just, I, I'm, I'm amazed at how top to bottom they've just uh, owned. Is that the right word? Monopolized? I guess it's not there I, yet. I, well, uh, maybe yeah, it is. Well, kind of is. Maybe yeah. it is. 
Yeah, but do you want to go to the mall? You know? No. I, when I was 18, easy. I went to the mall right. to check out girls, right? <laughs> and I braved the crowds because I'd go at the last minute to buy some terrible present for my parents or something. Now, I don't think I've been in a mall voluntarily in a decade. Right. I drive by... I drive by Valley Fair in Santana Row a couple times a week, and I think, there but for the grace of God, all those people <laughs> sitting in there. I'm never going in one of those crowds again. Well, and I uh, have gone to the mall taking, you know, daughters to the mall, uh-huh. and you, you walk around, and I, I try to see it as, a, as an observer, and I'm amazed. People will still walk around. It's still a social place, but sure. not as much shopping as I no. expected. I mean, it's, it's mobbed in certain areas. Then you walk into the store. And it's still, for the most part, unless you're in like an Apple store, it's still kind of a quiet. You can shop where you want to. I honestly think most people will just go look and see it, see stuff, and then go home and order. And that's part of the problem for the malls and for the individual. Yes, it is. They become become free storefronts for Amazon. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Amazon is just, I mean, you can't talk about the modern economy without talking about, you know, the freelancers, but also without talking about Amazon and what they're doing and how they've changed the experience. And I think most people would say, for the better. Well, we talked last time about the death of uh, the airport shuttle. Right. Okay, are we going to see, is there going to be a day we just happen to notice there's no more brown trucks out there? No more blue and white delivery trucks? Um, yeah, maybe. And, and what I've noticed are more trucks with that Amazon sort of smile arrow logo on them. I see them everywhere. Yeah. Um, and it's just as likely now. I see them at night. Yeah. On Sundays. I know people who work and... and Ask them about that job, and uh, it's brutal. Oh, it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Yeah. I, I was walking my dog the other night at like 1130 <laughs> at night, and there was this this car, this truck headlights coming down my street real slowly. I thought, this guy casing the place or something? <laughs> it was an Amazon delivery truck at 1130 at night. And I think partially because of those weird hours, you are just as likely now, and this is a pretty recent change, to see an Amazon truck come up to your house and drop off a package as you are a UPS or FedEx truck. Maybe even more likely. Right. And we, we were complaining that the mail service was getting shorter and shorter. They were talking about four days a week. But now I'm getting parcels on Sunday. You yeah, know, and I'm getting it several times a day. I mean, this is much more efficient. In many ways, it's much better. But you got to wonder, FedEx and UPS, what do they do if they don't have Amazon? How much of this business is theirs? Well, I, I was, that was, so, uh, spoiler oh, alert, that's oh, my I'm losing sorry. the week. No, no, no that's, well, we, we know a little bit about it. Let's do it. Winners and All losers right. of the week. So let me start with the loser, just because I chose FedEx, because now we know what happens when you lose at least favor with Amazon. Their stock yeah. dropped 20 bucks in a single day. This is the Christmas holiday season yeah. of the strongest economy we've seen in decades, and FedEx had a bad earning report. I mean, whoa, that's like Cisco during the dot-com era. FedEx is right. the economy, or at least it is, was yeah, the economy. It was. And not only the economy, but the delivery economy in an internet-dominated shopping era. And it's Christmas, and FedEx stock is down. And they are, you know, they're not as efficient as they need to be. They're right. fighting with Amazon, which is a terrible place to be. Yeah. Not only if you're a, you know, a pill maker or a diaper and an maker. an angry Bezos who <laughs> feels like the government has just screwed him. So he's... Oh, boy. He's you get been the out, feeling you know. he's lashing out right well, now. Well, you know, he's he at the weight room. He's come back a much tougher guy <laughs> than we've seen. And now he took that wrath out on, on FedEx. And UPS, 
all right, they still deliver, but they've got to be quaking in their boots. Because, oh yeah, they gotta be. They gotta be ducking. But, They're yeah. like that kid in the back of the classroom who, <laughs> right. did, who didn't study for the for the oral exam. <laughs> He's ducking behind everybody else. That's UPS right now. Yeah, and and FedEx is in the crosshairs. They've got to change that relationship, and they've got to get more modern. And uh, I don't know. I mean, like you say, are we on our way to seeing? And again, people trade stock based on what they think the future will be. Right. And this has been such a lousy week for FedEx. You wonder if the future is going to uh, Wait, be that. You know, one of the arguments is, oh, by the way, their uh, FedEx's on-time delivery performance dropped to 68.3% from 77.5% in the same period last year. Right. But, you know, part of the ar- counter-argument is, they're having to deliver three billion parcels this year. You know, their infrastructure is being pushed to the very limit. Yes. How many boxes can you run through that Memphis facility there and get them on another plane and get them out to people? Well, look, I mean, I understand the Amazon economy is taking over, but if you're the world's biggest delivery service and you didn't prepare, yeah. well, you deserve to lose 20 bucks of stock value in a day. That's billions of dollars. That's why you FedEx. have planning departments. Yeah. Right. And so I, I don't, you know, I'm not saying, oh, weep for FedEx. FedEx has the infrastructure and the brain power to turn it around. Yes. But... Um, so I look at the numbers in the earning report and say, okay, that's part of why they're my loser this right. week. But the larger part is that they're fighting with Amazon. Yeah, I also that- wonder, though, if Amazon is using this as a pretext. Maybe. You know? To say, hey, we can't count on you guys. We've yeah, got to you're, you've proven undependable. So Fire we're up gonna, the drones. That's right. We're going to have to do it ourselves. <laughs> Get those guys out there in the truck at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh, gosh. I, I feel bad for them. Yeah. Okay, uh, your winner. My winner was Tesla. They had a fantastic week. Yeah, even t- including taping a banana. You know, once again, <laughs> I, when, when they announced their fantastic week, I thought, okay, let's look at Elon's tweets because he, he has this marvelous ability to undermine everything right. he does. But he actually was kind of clever. Some people didn't understand it because it was kind of an art world thing, that banana right. banana duct tape to the wall at, down in he Florida at the big truck. art show. and yeah. Well, he put it on the back of the truck for about five minutes. And then somebody had him pull it down. It was yeah. kind of amazing. Well, right. And you someone wonder, censoring Elon finally? Well, or someone, God forbid, you know, copyrighted the banana tape to a wall thing. And <laughs> Well, the banana got eaten, so. <laughs> right. I, yeah, that art, whatever, uh, aside, uh, Tesla jumped into the 400 Club for the first time. It's stock topping 400 as we speak. That's a, nearly a $75 billion valuation for this company that's still not prop. Well, they're... That's like the 500 Club in baseball, boy. You're the Hall well, of Fame. I mean, Tesla's up there. I mean, it's it's amazing. And and again, they're, it's not as if their, uh, you know, their MO has changed. Promise a lot of things and then say, well, we're going to be very, very late with them. Right. And for whatever reason... And, and maybe this is sort of a run on the shorts, but a lot of people are jumping into this stock saying, we believe in the future, we believe in Elon Musk. And again, I don't see a big fundamental change in what Tesla is doing, other right. than the Cybertruck, which, come on, how much can that be worth to the company? But they're saying, hey, this is good. And again, if Tesla has money... But he's money like Disney. In- he, he's really good at capturing the public's imagination. Well, look what Disney did. I mean, if yeah. Tesla has money in the bank, I keep telling myself, this is an environmental play. And maybe we'll see better batteries, and maybe we'll see cleaner air. You see air. the announcement the other day? They found an organic battery that doesn't have all the terrible stuff in it. IBM. Because I've long thought this is the this is the fundamental weakness of battery-powered car companies, which electric car, which is those batteries are incredibly toxic, and they're being and and we're pretending 
that they're not being taken out of the ground in the developing world and right. killing babies there, you know, that it's so much purer than pulling petroleum out of the ground because it's, you know, it's it's good for the environment. Not where you, not if you're living next to one of those open pit mines in China. That's true. I believe it's IVM here in the Almaden uh, Research Center that came up with a battery that's cleaner and a battery that's cleaner. So less pollution from a cleaner source would be fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's so, get to your winner and losers. Okay, my winner, uh, I'm going for Apple, interestingly. Right. Not because it's necessarily going to happen, but boy, they got, a, they got a great boost on the market because apparently, you know, they're trying to build Apple TV. Right. And apparently word leaked out, and I'm sure intentionally leaked out, that they're talking to MGM and to the Pac-12 NCAA football conference. Uh, that would make uh, Apple a major player in the sports world. So we'll see what happens. It may never happen. But no, for the week, it sure got everybody's attention for a moment. All the content did. people looking at Apple again. Well, and that's legit. The, the sports thing, especially remember when with all these streaming services, they say the things that you, the only things you can't stream are, you know, news right. and sports. Yes. And so if you get a, a good ESPN bundle or if Apple TV can do that, you know, Twitter tried, Facebook has tried with baseball games. Right. Um, to say, hey, the online world can do this. It's just going to take a while. And so that may be something to look forward to, being able to stream sports wherever you are. Yeah, and I don't see I don't see the NFL being that's not Apple viewers. But right. but the NCAA? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. My loser of the week, I'm gonna pick a Nobel Prize winning economist <laughs> slash and New York Times columnist. Paul Krugman. I sat next to him once at a, at a luncheon. Not He's a bad a legend. guy. He's a legend. A little distant, but not a bad guy. But uh, he predicted on the night that Trump won the election that if the question is when markets will recover, a first pass answer is never. That was 10,000 points ago. So, you know, don't always listen to Nobel Prize winning <laughs> economists, especially when they're trying to we make a weekly... 800-word newspaper deadline for their yeah. column. Well, that night uh, in November of 2016 proved a lot of <laughs> yeah. very highly touted journalists and economists wrong. I do remember that night. I was in the newsroom. I keep and I waiting remember... for his apology, though, or say, oh, well, I misread it. You well, know? If, if he's not a Trump fan, you won't see any apology. I mean, neither side is giving in at no, this point. No, not right now. But I remember that night as the numbers started to turn and the country was like, whoa, this Trump thing might happen. The stock market dropped about 1,000 points right away. Yeah. But by the next day, it had recovered most of that. Um, and so it was kind of a strange, is there confidence yeah, on Wall Yeah, interesting interregnum right there. Yeah, like, and, what's going to happen? And for all of the weirdness and tariff stuff, you know, you can't argue with the scoreboard. The stock market is at record highs. And you and I both agree. We have no idea why anymore. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it, it violates physics right now. Right. Okay, that's it for now, folks. You can follow Scott on Twitter and Facebook. And, of course, watch him every weeknight at 5, 6, and 11 on NBC Bay Area. As for our producer, you can read Tad's reporting in San Jose Metro and Content Magazine. And I'm done writing books for the year. Happy holidays, everyone. We'll see you next year.